Trigger warning. The podcast you're about to listen to may contain sexual and violent acts committed against men, women, and children. If such acts offend you in any way, please do not listen any further. This podcast was made for an audience of 18 years and older and contains mature and explicit content. Also, this podcast may also contain a high level of profanity and explicit language. If such things offend you in any way, shape, or form, please do not listen to the podcast any further. This is your last trigger warning. If anything that I mentioned above offends you, please do not listen. Thank you. Hey, everybody. This is the Man Apart Podcast, Episode 7. Title for this episode is going to be called A Man Named Jojo. Now, in my first episode, I told y'all that I didn't suffer any sexual trauma or rape or abuse or anything like that when I was a child. And that's true. I didn't. But I did suffer a very slight form of physical abuse. For a brief time in my life that could have progressed a whole lot worse had my mother made different decisions and different choices. Now, I don't blame my mother for who she dated or anything like that. I have no, you know, nothing against her on that. In fact, she didn't even know what happened to me. I think in my life I repressed what I went through. But as I keep digging down this rabbit hole of child abuse, child sex trauma, uh, rape, rape abuse, all these different topics and things, memories flood back to me like they will. So when I was a young kid, really little, really small child, my parents, you know, they, they did their deed and nine months later I was born. They didn't stay together. And I'll go into that another day. My mom met my stepdad, who she's with now. And around the age of five or six, they had a they had a, a tiff, a fight, whatever it was, and they broke up for a while. And I remember in that in between time when they broke up to when they got back together. I think my mom, I know my mom dated one guy. Maybe been maybe two guys or so. I don't know. I, I don't remember the rest of them. I just remember this man named Jojo. A man named Jojo, I should say. And I remember the first time meeting Jojo. My mom brought me to his apartment. It was in the town of Albany in Livingston Parish. Close to where a very famous shop, a restaurant food place was, a local place that everybody went to it was called Erdie's sandwich shop and I remember his apartment wasn't too far from there we go there it's kind of like a casual date I guess however a mom brings her kids along for a date I don't know my mom was a single mom at the time and she had me in tow so her options were limited already on who she could date and I remember being at that apartment. I sat on the couch for most of the time. Got to meet who Jojo was. It 
seemed pleasant from what I can remember. I, y'all y'all got to remember this was almost 30 years ago. And I was a small child then. So eventually my mom, you know, they, they go on more dates and everything. And then JoJo starts staying over at the trailer that me and my mom lived at. Now where we lived at, we lived on my grandparents' land. It wasn't a big plot of land or anything, maybe about an acre. It's still there today in the backwoods independence. And on the back corner of this piece of land, you know, my grandparents' house was basically in the center of this land. And our trailer, which was a two-bedroom trailer, was kind of in the back left-hand corner. And my grandpa did that to make sure my mom had a place to stay to raise me. You know, my grandparents took care of my mom, made sure that she had what she needed. And my mom would, I remember my mom, so my mom cut hair for a living right after I was born. She got her cosmetology license and she worked at various places and whatnot. And so a lot of those times she worked into the evenings till the day closed, some, sometimes around six, seven, eight o'clock at night. And then she had to drive 30 minutes or so back to where we were at because where we lived at Independence, Hammond was, which was the biggest city, which had the most work closest to us uh, in that surrounding area it was a 30 minute drive most of the time it was just a lot of backwoods roads you had to get to to get to the interstate and then hop on the interstate and you're a few miles there and bam you're in Hammond anyway Jojo would be there for me when I got off the bus or if I got dropped off by somebody he'd be there at at our trailer and I remember the physical abuse started it started lightly and it started progressing over time. Uh, sorry, I was just slight, just these feelings. I can't describe them. It's like anxiousness, nervousness still to this day. But I remember a vivid memory. I guess maybe the first one. I don't know. We was in the living room watching TV. It was in the afternoon after school. Jojo was sitting on one couch, and I would guess I was sitting on the, I was kind of, we were laying, right? Like, he was laying on the couch, you know, your, your head at one end, your feet at the other, kicking back. And I we had a couch and a love seat and a recliner, if I remember correctly. And I was on the love seat, which was a smaller version. We were watching TV, and I remember him eating. He always ate cucumbers with salt. I don't know why, he just, I remember him always doing that. And I think he told me to get something or pick up, the, you know, give him, you know, pass him the remote or go change the channel. I think, I don't think we had a remote. So I think he wanted me to go change the channel and I told him, no, I'm not going to do it. And then I remember him getting up and he got a belt and then he told me, go change the channel. And I said, no, I'm, I'm uncomfortable where I'm at. So he hit me with the belt. I want to say maybe one or two times. And it was hard. Very hard. And I got up and I changed the channel. Like I say, a lot of this is a blur. I'm trying to remember all this. And it probably was because I repressed it for so long. I remember I got home from school one day. And I was tired and I took a nap waiting for my mom to get home. Because I wanted to see my mom. My grandma was a waitress as well. 
So I was waiting, I'll, you know, I'll, I kind of, I think it was a Friday because I wanted to stay up and go see my grandma when she got off of work because I always loved seeing her and being around her. And I went to go take a nap. And I think we had my mom's car. So we had to go pick up my mom from work. But anyway, Jojo, I guess he told me to wake up. I didn't hear him. And so he grabbed a belt. And then he started whipping me with it until I woke up. And I'd get up and I'd just, it, I was just stunned by it. And then I remember him telling me, I said, I bet you'll, I bet you'll wake up now when I tell you to. I bet you'll wake up next time when I tell you to. Don't ever do that again. Fast forward. We went right around town. Uh, there was times where we, I rode with him. He would just smack me across the face. And I didn't know what the hell I did. And he said, just in case you want to be bad. That's for the future. So I didn't want to be awake around JoJo a lot. So I remember sleeping a lot. I remember I just, I got to the point where I just got scared of going home. And I thought maybe if I just sleep, he'll just leave me alone. He won't hit me for random reasons. He won't whip me. So we had to go pick up my mom another time in the car. And I just wanted to sleep the whole way. I didn't even want to talk to him. I didn't want to be around this guy. And he said, hey, wake up. And I heard him tell me to wake up, but I didn't want to wake up. So he had that belt with him. He always carried that fucking belt with him. That fucking asshole. So he hit me again with it. And of course, pain will make you do things you don't normally want to do. So I'd wake up. And I started crying. Because it really hurt. He said, when I tell you to wake up, you wake up. A few more incidents that were very similar to that. And I just, I don't know. I, I just, I just hated JoJo. I fucking hated this guy. But I didn't have a father figure in my life. My grandpa, my grandfather was always offshore. And was barely around because that's how, that's how that oil filled life was like. And my grandma was working a lot. My mom was working a lot. I guess JoJo wasn't working. I don't know what the hell he did for a living. Or why he was shacking up with my mom at, at, at our trailer. But he just was. And I remember one day, JoJo was into, I think, rodeo stuff. I think he was like like this cowboy type guy, country boy. And he was into bull riding, I think, if I remember correctly. Because I remember he wanted to teach me how to rope. And I wanted to learn how to do that. Because that's what part of my my dad's family did. And I wanted to be, you know, I felt like that was, I guess I felt like that was some kind of connection to maybe impress my dad to come back into my life. So I wanted to learn. We were out in the backyard. Because basically my grandparents' backyard was like our front yard. 
where the trailer is positioned. You step out the front door of the trailer and you're in my grandparents' backyard and you can literally see my grandparents' back door. Sorry about that. I thought I had all this muted. Obviously, I didn't. Sorry, y'all. So, I go, and it's like in the evening time, kind of that time where the sun's, like, the sun's down, but there's still light outside, and so he's showing me how to, to lasso, right, show me how to, how to properly lasso a rope, how to get the right, I guess, knots to where you can lasso, and then you yank on something to pull, well, I grab the rope one end of the rope and he grabbed the other end and he was like hey let me have the rope and I, I wanted to play tug of war with him and just said, no come on let's play tug of war let's play tug of war he's like no let go of the rope I said no come on and I was pulling on it and he was pulling on it I didn't have any gloves so what he did was he, he knew the rope was firmly in my hands and he fucking yanked that rope so fast I got rope burned and it was bad. It was my hands got blistered up instantly. I think almost even cut. And I screamed. I screamed at the top of my lungs. I was crying. My grandma was, I think, home at the time too, and she was cooking supper. And when my grandma cooked, uh, she she left the back. She left the doors open. Like we like she had these huge metal storm doors, and she had screen doors, and she'd leave them open so that the you know all the you know all the smoke and everything like that or the or the or the Vapors from cooking and everything would just kind of dissipate outside and not not make the house all smoky, I guess. Just air out the house. And she just came running. And I uh, I just ran straight to her. And I was just crying. And I was like, I, I burned my hands. I, I, they hurt. They hurt. My hands hurt. And I remember, I think JoJo even explained it off. Like it was like it was an accident or something like that, but I think that got my grandma looking at him a little bit differently, and I guess I don't know how I explained to my mom. I don't know what happened after that point. I just know that luckily, I think I had maybe one I think it was maybe another time he hit me, and after that, my mom stopped seeing him, and that was the end of Jojo of my life. Never saw the man ever again, but I always had this hatred for him because of how he made me feel. I always felt scared being in my house, and I didn't have really anybody to talk to about it. I guess I repressed it. I don't know. I, I carried on my life. Life moved on for me. I, it didn't affect me. And it really, I really have never thought about it until lately. I told my wife about it maybe one time in our marriage about this guy. And I even tried to tell my mom about it. I don't know what effect it had on her. But I even played it off then like it was just no big deal. But hearing these stories and how people get into worse and worse situations from the progressions... It, uh, I just, I guess I realized I'm just blessed that it didn't get worse for me. That I didn't end up a statistic or beaten to death or 
whatever could have happened to me. This guy. All I can say is I don't know where JoJo's at in life. But I don't wish him well. I don't wish him luck. I don't wish him anything. I I don't know. It it's just something that affected me, I guess, just listening to these stories. And mine's like I say, I don't think mine is a horrible story. But then again, you know, people don't expect men to share these stories or share their feelings. Because men's health, just that sphere of reality is just not great for men. You know, I was always taught to bury those feelings deep down inside. Even if when I went to counseling and everything like that, it was just kind of a, a joke in my opinion. Something that my mom made me go do. Because she couldn't figure out who I was and... I was just this kid that was just always acting up and was always bad and couldn't just sit still and be quiet. I don't know. I guess right now, while I'm recording, I just got this choked up feeling. And this anger toward a man. I don't. I can't even remember his face. I can't, I don't even know what he looks like anymore. But I remember his fucking name. I remember that damn name. And damn him. I think a lot of growing up, what I've done, and even into my adult life, was always trying to find that approval from my dad that I never got because I never got to be around him. Whether that was his doing or my mom's doing, I don't know yet in this point in my life. I get two conflicting stories from each of them. And it's hard to tell who's telling the truth on that. But I do know I had 30 years without my father. And that played a big part of my life as well. Played a big part with dependency issues, seeking approval from men. I guess... Acting out to be the center of attention. When I was growing up. Feeling worthless. If I didn't do certain things in life. Feeling. You know. Not having validation. And I can just imagine. The victims of these crimes. How it's. Probably a thousand fold worse. Than what I'm feeling now. Especially for men who probably have been, who were sexually abused and sexually traumatized and what they got to go through. You know, when a man abuses a little boy, what that, what that boy has to feel growing up and what he has to go through, I, I can't imagine it. I guess I might have had a small taste of it. Nothing compared to what some of these kids have gone through. I, I, maybe that's what causes me to have empathy for people. Causes me to have a big heart. To try to trust people. To give people the benefit of the doubt. Right from right from Jump Street. It's probably what 
caused me to be disappointed in every male leader and figure in my life it was because I was always seeking that father that I didn't have. I tell you guys this because there are some of you that probably grew up without your dads or your moms. Or you might be one of these parents in one of these situations where, the, where your kid's dad is not in their life. Whether it's by his choice or your choice. And if it's by your doing and your choice, you don't know what you're doing to your son, to your daughter when you do that. You'd hear these stories online, on the internet, read them. About these fathers who are just desperately fighting to be with their kids. Who commit suicide over their children. And when you actually talk to people who are victims. A majority of them are vulnerable kids. You know, pedophiles, they, they... People who abuse kids, people who sexually abuse kids or just physically abuse them. You know, they get in situations with these women or men where these kids are just vulnerable because you have a, the other parent constantly working. And then they build trust with this parent and then they gain access to these kids. And in this day and age, you can't trust anybody anymore. I mean, 90% of the victims of, of sexual abuse and molestation, they know they're perpetrator they know their abuser 60 percent of them are family members or friends of the family or you know a boyfriend of, of the parent or grandparent and there are so many more horror stories to all this and i tell you all this to give you a perspective and I'm trying to get as many different perspectives and backgrounds and ways of life that I can and cover a multitude of different topics on this so that we can be better informed and, or just be aware of this that's going on. And to know what to look for. So I will end it off by saying this. And I know this is kind of a short one compared to, to my last couple of episodes, but I'll tell you guys this. If you see something, say something. Don't be scared to speak up. Even if you're wrong. Anybody with a brain would understand that you're just trying to protect a child from a bad situation. Now, I will also preface that by saying, don't go reporting people just because you're mad at somebody and you want to get back at them. I think that's just as wrong. But if you have a suspicion, talk to somebody about it. You might be saving a child's life. Don't go back to leading your busy life and just saying, oh, well, whatever. Let the chips fall where they may. That's not good either. So on that note, I just wanted to. This has been on my mind. It's been on my chest for a while, for at least a few days now. I didn't know how to go about this and tell you all the story. But I'm hoping that as I go along this journey. That you get to learn as I learn with other people. And for those that have stuck it out past episode one with all the ums and yes and you knows and rights and everything else I've been saying badly. Just know that I'm processing all that as I'm talking and as I'm going along and it doesn't come out correctly.
And for that, I'm sorry. If that is a pet peeve, if that bothers you, whatever the case may be. I hope that you can see what my mission is, my purpose is, what I'm trying to do here. I'm a man who is just tired of sitting on the sidelines and reading story after story after story and seeing story after story after story of just these kids that get abused and murdered and and, and are in messed up situations or raped or anything like that. And then these adults who are going through the same things. And it breaks my heart every time. Especially for children. Dogs and kids. Are a soft spot. They're a soft spot on my heart. And. Even though I don't have any children. I know that they're. That I'm stronger than they are. Right. That I'm. Able to help defend them better. I guess. And that's what you should do as a, as a human being. Is to protect the children around you. Don't just close your eyes and stick your head in the sand and just go, Oh, well, I hope God saves them. God may be putting them in your life for a reason. So I hope that you use that purpose for good. That you use your strengths for good. That you protect the weak and the innocent. And give strength to those that have none. Y'all, y'all be blessed. Y'all be safe. Keep your kids safe. Keep the people around you safe. Do do good unto others. And be somebody's voice when they can't speak. I love you. Be blessed. See y'all soon on the next episode.